Hello and welcome to the Lisa Burke Show, where we're very, very happy to be finally on air after a few technical glitches. Uh, and I'm going to record this with no issues, one hopes. Lovely to have you with us if you're watching on RTL Play, if you're listening on Today Radio or Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, etc, etc. And as always, thank you for being in touch with your various comments, your thoughts and other show ideas. I always love to hear from you, your feedback, your ideas, as does the whole Today team. Now, as always, this week I've got some special guests with me in the studio and Sasha Keo. It's lovely to be back with you, Sasha. It feels like a very, very long time. It has been a while. It has been it? a while. But lovely to be back. And great to have you. I've also got Damien Garot in the studio, Erin Zander and Giacomo Trent. So welcome to you all too. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's great to have you in the studio. Sasha, as always, we're going to start with you with a review of the week's news. I've missed this. I've missed our little conversations. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> yes, because it makes me reflect back on what has happened as well. And as always, loads has happened. We're going to start with our neighbour, France. Yes, so uh, we, we often talk about protests in France, but obviously these were very, very different protests to the pen, usual pension protests, which seemed to go on and on, for, didn't they, for months. And and this is, you know, uh, really sad because it was following a shooting of, a, a police shooting of a 17-year-old 17, 17 um, teenager mm. um, at a traffic stop. And um, he, you know, there was a video of, of, yeah. of this shooting and it seemed to be that it was an at point uh, blank. He was shot in the chest for no real reason apart from uh, trying to avoid this particular traffic stop. You know, the boy was of Algerian descent. And so this is very much, you know, has caused outrage, huge riots in France, yeah. you know, night after night. They were getting more and more extreme. Um there is real anger mm-hmm. in France, isn't there? Mm. Um, it feels like a sort of tinderbox that, um, you know, people yeah. who feel quite marginalised, I think, feel uh, that the police force is excessive. Um, you know, these have turned... And it brings up the the circular conversations around how some people live within the cities of France. Uh, some people feel quite ghettoized in certain neighbourhoods. I've heard those conversations during the course of the week. Obviously, uh, an echo of what happens in America from time to time. We have those. Yes, it as is well. their George Floyd moment, I yeah. think, and yeah. and and people are taking a really big look at France and, mm. and working out, you know, how, how these uh, problems happen. And it, it seems to be that these banlieues, these yeah. outside certain cities, exactly. in, particularly yeah. in Marseille and Paris, um, that, you know, the, the police force is probably excessive they're, they're, or there is no policing in, in some places. Um, I think, uh, you know, this, it, it's a big issue. And I think also President Macron, it's one of the issues President Macron is... Um, you know, he he's very good at talking on the international stage, um, but you know maybe is 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 failing a little bit in his own country. I mean, he met the three hundred mayors of, of France, and apparently, what was reported was he said uh, what we need to do is shut down uh, social media channels during these protests because people are organising themselves through Snapchat or Instagram yeah, or TikTok. Span the fire, and and of course. That that resonates with the protests in Hong Kong, you know, yeah. sort of um, <laughs> closing that's down. That's quite interesting, and and not maybe addressing the the social issues uh, which which are here, and and also police force issues, you know. Yeah, he seems to be closing down the the conversation between people if you shut down social media channels. I can understand why he thinks that might work, but obviously there's uh, other connotations there as well. But he's had to cancel yet another uh, long planned state visit. This happened not so long ago when yes, King exactly. Charles was going to visit. Yes, so that was King Charles was going to visit France and because of the yeah. uh, pension protests that was cancelled. Yeah. He now had a very long-standing uh, state visit to Germany which he had to cancel. And I think uh, you know, on on an international stage, you know, he's very keen on the uh, speaking on international stages, but people are looking at France and saying, well, is it safe to go and 
the Olympics are next year yeah. in 2024. The Rugby World Cup starts in September. I mean, these these events uh, attract huge crowds. Yeah. Um, and actually, just last Friday, I had a guest who had to drive up from Strasbourg and he was telling me uh, that there were riots in the city centre. So it wasn't a great place to be right now, actually, because because of what had happened. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the riots are quite really very violent. The pictures mm. seem very violent. And I mean, mm. huge amounts of arrests. Thousands of people have been arrested. Uh, you know, thousands of police were on the streets. I mean, it has to be said, the situation seems to be much calmer now. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the, but the conversations the will conversation continue. will carry and on. And very important as well. Um, I think we should mention Threads. It's a new conversation app from Meta, but not allowed in the EU yet. Yes, sadly. We were <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say sadly, but uh, yes, uh, the EU will take its time looking at all the regulation because this is a new conversation app to rival Twitter and uh, it has been launched by Meta, which is obviously Twitter's big rival. So um, Meta o- owns Facebook and Instagram. And the CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, is obviously a very big rival of Twitter CEO um Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. I mean, these two, this rivalry, I don't know if it's uh, publicity, but, you know, this sort of, they even want a... A cage fight. Cage fight, <laughs> you know. Um, and today, actually, Twitter said uh, they were considering taking uh, Meta to court because they have, apparently it's very similar, this conversation app. Um, and they have also attracted a lot of technicians from Twitter. Um, well, that's because Twitter laid off so many people. Absolutely. Perhaps they, they needed were a job. Available. So we, we shall see. But within a few hours, it has been downloaded 30 million times. That's the last figure I read. Unbelievable. Um, Just keeps going up and up and up. So uh, it's obviously going to be very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to our continent. And... Uh, it's about cross-border working agreements. Really, really important for people who live in Luxembourg and or come into Luxembourg. Yeah, no, we've discussed this many times as well, haven't we? Because yeah. uh, the agreements were already signed with France and Belgium that, you know, during, during COVID, obviously everybody was working from home and but cross-border workers did not have the same rights working from home as people living and working in Luxembourg. And so now the, the final agreement has been reached with Germany that uh, cross-border workers can work 34 days a, a, a year from home and still pay Luxembourgish tax and Luxembourgish social security. Which is a huge jump from the previous 19 days. Absolutely. So a really, really great big change there. So this, this is very important because there are so, yeah. you know, as we know, there are I think 200,000 people, they say, a day, approximately. We have colleagues. Um, coming coming in from the neighbouring countries. So yeah. that seems to be now all the countries have, have got this double tax agreement and in place. every forecast suggests it's only going to rise because of the housing issue in Luxembourg. Absolutely. We'll draw a line there on that <laughs> yes. just for the moment. Oh, but we have Mr Property here. We'll talk about that later. Uh, coming back to Luxembourg, it is election year. We've had... An Luxembourg Poly Monitor Survey. So what does that suggest? So three months to go mm-hmm. and um, it's come out with some really interesting yeah. results. So it turns out that the current foreign minister, Jean Asselborn, is is the most favourite politician in the country, followed closely by the health minister, Paulette Lennart, and that Xavier Bettel, our prime minister, comes in third place, which was actually the same as the last Poly Monitor Survey. And this the popularity stakes were on sympathy and and competency. Mm. So that's very interesting um, because I don't know if that necessarily reflects the popularity of the parties. Because so the the top two are um, in the Luxembourg Socialist Party, uh, which is like a sort of centre left party, and obviously uh, Bettel is in the Democratic sort of centre party. Um, so uh, I don't know whether that reflects on the popularity of the parties themselves because they when people were asked about the parties it would appear that the conservative the csv mm. party is is going up in the polls yeah um, and they're predicting a coalition between the Socialists, the Democrats and Centre, and the Conservative Party with a possibility that the Greens will have to leave the coalition. Which would so, be a, sh- a change. So that would be a huge mm. change um, for, the, for the next... Um, but they have a very strong term. leader in Luc Frieden, I think. 
Yes, yes, exactly. So, you know, it was it was interesting because it was on two things. It was like, you know, yes. popularity of politicians and where do they people see the the parties going? Yes, a very, very interesting survey. Well, we'll find out whether or not it's real or not in, in a few months' time. In October, and we yes. will continue to talk about this. <laughs> Uh, again in Luxembourg, story here, a lot of suspicious substances found. Um, what did it mean by suspicious substances? Well, we don't know. We don't know. So there were there were two instances this week. So there were little bags of a white, sorry, white powder found on a bus, with, yeah. which was uh, um, mainly with children. It wasn't actually yeah. a school bus, but it was mainly children going home from uh, Maison Relais. And then um, so they had a lockdown at this uh, centre while they made sure that none of the children or the children that had been in contact with this substance were put into isolation. Right. So I think it was really worrying for the parents. Um, they were then after about three or four hours, everyone was released and checked and the substance will be sent off. And then la- yesterday, uh, a school, the Lycée Michel Rodange, was put in a lockdown because, again, a suspicious substance substance was found in the boys bathroom hmm. um, and they were put under lockdown but when you no say one te- substance I, a, I don't I know mean, no one I mean there were no reports whether this was drugs or whether, yeah. whether they were worried about drugs or whether they were worried uh, about uh, enough something else something yeah. even scarier wow so um, we shall see and have to watch the news reports next week I'm sure it'll come yeah, out yeah yeah but I, I, I mean the first thing that jumps into my head of course like probably everybody else is drugs yeah because we had a recent cocaine increase story in Luxembourg and it seems to be the case I you know you know I have teenage daughters yeah. and I know my eldest told me just the other day that one of her friends is in rehab because of cocaine and um, that she's been offered it Right, yeah. So, sure. you know, it's 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 around, it's there. And I said, well, how do they afford it? And she said, oh, we're giving it for free oh. if we want it. Yeah. To, she said to, to me. To, to, to <laughs> try it. Yeah. And then, yes, to try to get you hooked. But yes, but on a school bus, mm. I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. Well, they, let's they, hope. They, they, the police yeah. wouldn't confirm what it was. Well, from one substance to another substance. Um, Now, we've had the CHL endocrinologist issuing a warning against the growing consumption of sugar. And in other media around the world, we have this rise in young people's disease known as NASH or non-alcoholic liver disease because of too much sugar. Yeah, I mean, I, this this is something I hadn't wasn't on my radar for Luxembourg at all. And this particular doctor actually uh, pointed out that that children are offered sugary drinks at at so many opportunities, and you know, just says to, to parents and schools. I mean, I know, for example, in our school, there are, there are still uh, vending machines with very sweet drinks um, to p- stop it because this this is a disease that's massively on the increase, and mm. and it causes uh, you know cirrhosis of the liver as 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 would alcohol, but mm. in young in young children as well as liver potentially liver cancer so and diabetes. It's well. a major major call out um, for for soft drinks, and it's something you associate with with the states maybe. But I think it is yeah. on the rise as you know in in yeah. Europe as well in Luxembourg. Do you think it's connected to processed food, like the increase in processed food, and technically in every food that you buy in a supermarket, you have sugar just uh, that is added. Even yeah, there's a lot like, of that. There's an, a recent book out on that. Um, yeah. The, I can't remember the title of it, but I definitely want to read it. It's on my, you know, list of books I want to read. It's, it's certainly about that, uh, you know, processed nation or something like this. Um, well, speaking of which, our next story is about genetically modified crops, in fact. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good bridge there. Thank you, Giacomo. <laughs> said this this has been going on in the EU again for years and years and years is uh, obviously genetically modified crops have been banned generally in the Mm. EU where you know the states and other countries have have really gone for it and put a lot of research into it and now the EU is saying well Maybe we should look at you know they they want to revisit it yeah. and and you know there there is such a strong movement here you know by environmental organisations and Greenpeace against any kind of genetically modified crops, um, but they want to revisit it um, because obviously we are also affected by droughts here yeah. and 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 pest a lot of pesticides. Yeah, they're being revisiting banned. it for good reasons. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So so I think it's interesting. So I mean uh, I think the environmental organisations feel it's like a a door slightly opening in into changing the DNA of crops. But uh, what the European Commission is suggesting 
is that they only look at existing DNA and don't add altered, altered yeah, no, DNA I think, to the crop. So it's just to yeah. make them more drought resistant. Um, yes, Requiring fewer require. pesticides. So they're trying to do good for the environment. Actually, from what I can see and read, it seems to be they're looking at it for good reasons. Yes, so gene editing within yes. existing DNA rather yes, than adding uh, that's right. ex- uh, external factors. But we'll see. I mean, this is, again, it's an ongoing discussion in the EU because they need 27 countries to agree to it. Oh, I know. Uh, it's going to take a long time. Oh, everything takes a long time. <laughs> that's the problem. Sorry. Sorry. I'm yes. not being so impartial as I shouldn't be. But anyway, yes, I know that is... <clears throat> anyway, yes, that's a different story entirely whether they need a uh, full agreement or not. Now, Luxembourg Pride Week. Yes, so that's going on this week mm-hmm. and uh, this week we had the first uh, Pride run ever actually in Luxembourg and it, I, I don't know if anybody saw the pictures but there were a lot of people taking part. It was over uh, 1,500 people taking part mm. and there have been loads of events kind of organised throughout the week and I think it kind of uh, the, the the sort of the pinnacle of of the events is is at the weekend where there's big concerts with a lot of local bands and the weather girls. Do you remember the weather girls? I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. Yes. So they're performing. My God, this is all happening in Eschwiz. Um, How old are they now? Well. That gives us hope. It does. And I tell you one thing, Lisa, is they don't look old. Great. So um, <laughs> they're wearing massive they've, sort of uh, purple well. caftans. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have to look into that. God, uh, that's a blast from the past. Yes, it is. Wow. I would immediately was singing it. So yeah. I, I, I thought they were probably a one hit wonder. I don't know. Maybe, if they made but any we'll other see, won't we? Songs. <laughs> what, what, what have they got Great. Yeah, so the, you know that's it's 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 wonderful. Luxembourg's really changed. You know, they it have has, events, yeah. sort of, you know, celebrating everything, activism yeah. and queer culture, and you know they have drag queens on Saturday. You know, all this is, yeah, you know, for such a what we would think is quite a conservative country. Uh, but I think that may have it's helped by Xavier Bettle. In the sense that, you know, he's a great icon for this. Yeah. yeah. And uh, from music to music, Adele has warned, asked her audience in Las Vegas, please don't throw things on the stage. Well, this is really interesting because apparently this has also become a phenomenon that people throw things uh, at musicians on stage. And so, I mean, this is a long time ago that, you know, people were... Are you speaking about roses or like... No, absolutely not. You know, roses would be nice. But uh, so the the artist Pink uh, had, uh, had... her mother, uh, uh, an audience member, had thrown her mother's ashes at her yes. uh, during during a performance, and she and you hear her saying, "I I don't really know how I feel about this." And you think, "Well, yeah." And um, another artist was injured by having a mobile phone hurled at him, and people like Harry Styles, I think, was mm. also had a a, a sweet chucked in his eye and Adele is quite forthright I mean she did a social media post you know full of expletives saying you dare throw anything at me but it's, it's the wider question isn't it you shouldn't feel at risk um, when you're on stage it reminds me of Tom Jones and he, people throwing their pants yeah. in the knickers <laughs> ladies yeah. underwear yeah they say. kept throwing their underwear at him <laughs> that was softer landing yes so no hard objects please yes yeah well Sasha as always thank you so much and I know you're going to stay with us for the duration of the show so we will hear from you uh, well as we as we continue just after this very very short break Brilliant The Lisa Burke Show now, I'm delighted to introduce my first guest, who is Damien Garot, born on an island, which I've actually looked up because there's a few islands between Busan and Japan. And because of the war at that time, it was under American mandate and finally given to South Korea. But you were adopted. You moved to Belgium, educated by the Jesuits, almost became a priest. In yes, fact, you were you. writing. Uh, and then uh, have stu- you've studied so many different subjects, law, philosophy, maths, economy, computer sciences, etc., you are a computer scientist now um, and you arrived in Luxembourg in 2000 when right. Luxembourg was a very different place. But in fact, you're here to talk about something that was sort of touched upon in our first story, which is the story of racism in Luxembourg, which is something that has been in 
my mind for a long time to cover and you were brave enough to contact me and uh, and talk about this with me and we're hoping that by telling a little bit of your story mm-hmm. you can open the conversation up to others yeah uh, it's quite a bit like being a pioneer uh, going to that subject it's quite difficult to talk freely about it because you know racism in Luxembourg does exist it's not common If you do compare with what happens in other countries, it's very low, but it does exist, and nobody wants to to really uh, care about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am from... uh, I was born in Asia, and I look like uh, 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 an Asian, and I don't realize it. You know, I grew up in Belgium, studied in the US, in UK, uh, come back to, uh, to Luxembourg. I do feel European... You know, made in Japan, uh, formatted in the US, uh, operating in Europe. Mm-hmm. I, I am in my uh, uh, era. That's uh, nowadays uh, common to have five, spe- uh, five language speakers uh, 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 in Luxembourg, to have many different culture, all mixed and all living together. A global uh, citizen. Yeah, and that's not that bad. The situation in Luxembourg, I want to 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 claim it's not that bad uh, we are all living together and i think i have been victim of an aggression uh the the the, the guy uh, was uh, suing me on on the road uh tracking and finally stopped to the, the parking when i did stop and he, he broke my car and the first word he, he claimed when he was out of the, his car was you are chinese you have nothing to do here in the country Uh, you have no rights here. I am Luxembourgish. I have all rights on you. And he started to destroy my car and making threats of death and things like that. I called the police. They come, hopefully. And we have very good policemen in the country. They are very reactive and doing their job. The problem is just after. is when the procedure has to start. Uh, you need police records that never came because in, th- in, the, in terms of priority, it's very low. They claim there is only uh, material damages. So, you know, you have people who are aggressed with a knife or bump, uh, or pe- uh, uh, husbands that are misbehaving with his wife or things like that, which I do understand is much more uh, uh, important. Than But the only reason you weren't physically attacked is because you locked yourself inside your car. Yeah, 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 of course. And... Uh, I was afraid, you know. I, I have unfortunately uh, lungs disease. I, I have, I have, uh, I have to take as medication uh, anticoagulant. So if that guy is able to break the, uh, the window and punching me, I'm going to die. I would got uh, blood uh, uh, inside bleeding, and it will be a very uh, bad story for me. Hopefully, the, the cops comes on time. They did their job well, but from that time, uh, it was the fourth of uh, April that it happened. And we're now the 7th of July. Yeah. And I tried to, to, to contact Parquet in Luxembourg. Uh, they, they claim that when they will receive the police uh, uh, record, that it will take in between six weeks up to seven months in order to, to process the affair. And for the cops... when Six I, weeks to seven months. Yeah. Uh, uh, when I contacted them, uh, they claimed... It was still affairs uh, to be recorded in their system from October 2021. Wow. So, yeah, a, yeah. a huge delay with the police there. I would say, and w- what is of my concern is the, uh, the police did their job in what they, they claim it was uh, accident de la route, mm-hmm. uh, de circulation. But... Uh, It, 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 it was uh, uh, another uh, uh, layer on that affair that was the, aggra- the racist aggression and the damages to the car. Yeah. And, and, and for that, nothing. So going back to this person yeah. who pursued you on the yeah. road, do you think he was drunk at the time? Oh, I'm sure uh, the, the police uh, did an alcohol test. He was uh, caught with the police. And it was recorded that it was uh, under alcohol. And, and that guy, unfortunately, is very well known in, th- in the, uh, the area, in the town, that he's an alcoholic. And it's not the first time this happens. Therefore, I'm amazed that nothing is taken against him. Has he ever been prosecuted for drunk driving? This I don't know. But 
maybe, you know, we are in Luxembourg, so everyone knows everyone, sometimes it's difficult, and the guy is very wealthy. So, I don't know. Seriously, I don't know. And I, uh, uh, I, 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 I don't know what to think about that story, because it's very emotional, you know, uh, when you have been uh, personally aggressed and you, you still run on, on, on the track of that story. It's difficult to to have a, to figure out what is uh, um, fair or not. Yeah, and I, we're here to talk about the more general picture of racism. But you have been incredibly brave to put your voice to this story. So thank you so much, Damien, because I have been told personally mm -hmm. myself. Um, and again, for me, I you know by just the draw of life, I happen to be born the way I am, and um, and I don't know what it is to experience a, a different way. I live here in this body and I know you were adopted in Belgium and you've experienced different things to me uh, but I have been told that racism in different forms does exist in Luxembourg Yes of course, for instance uh, when you look at school it starts with the languages in the educational system if you don't speak the three national languages you have already a first uh, threshold or uh, a limitation cut, cut -off point. Yeah, yeah, a cut off point and, and then Uh, when you, you look uh, to some access to some professions, it's not that straightforward for, for some people coming from different countries. You know, for the moment, you have a lot of refugees or uh, a lot of people coming from everywhere. So I, I am not a judge. I, I, I have no uh, bad uh, thoughts about that. I think we are all living in the same boat, you know, and we, we need to live all together. And what I just noticed when I try to identify what are the causes of, of that situation, is that the land has been uh, uh, blooming. We, we got a lot of people coming from everywhere, and that's a, an opportunity and a chance for the country. But also the, uh, uh, the government needs to take measures. The most obvious one you can see, everyone can see that are the traffic jam on the highways or on the road. But in terms of justice, I just uh, uh, can just be a witness and telling that The, work, the justice is not uh, operating normally mm -hmm. because for such aggression, I was just expecting that something, some measures will be taken. On that point, yeah. uh, you, you did mention the school system and I know by which you meant that uh, children who don't succeed in the three languages, even if they're incredibly intelligent in other ways, such as maths, for example, yes. they can't progress to a classique system. They have to go to a different type of school True. only because of the languages. But coming back to your story... Mm. Um, Do you think that perhaps this person uh, was able to bribe policemen? This could be, but you know, uh, I, know. I, would, I, I would like to just keep all my chances to get a, a, yeah. a normal case. Yeah. So it is like just like a warning to uh, the politics and to the administration. Please do, do your job uh, uh, adequately. But... You and know? The, the reason also that we, we talk about this is because I know we had a, a, a wonderful conversation this week. Um, this isn't the only instance. No, of course. For you. This happens, as you know, in every day. You will not complain. You come to a country as foreigner and new immigrant. You try to adapt your best. You know, when you step in a house, you do... Uh, 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 clean you, 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 your shoes, you step in and you observe the rule of the house and, and then you try to adapt and you try to become one of those members of that community. And I became Luxembourgish in 2008 uh, and I do speak the national languages. Okay, not that well as a native, but at least I do pay effort to integrate. And I know that I will never be considered like one of them as for some, not everyone, but for a lot of Luxembourgish people, I can understand that they feel like invaded. So they have a reflex that is normal to find back their identity in their community. And they are welcoming. A lot of people have welcomed me to chess clubs, to uh, choral, uh, to choir, so, sorry, uh, to uh, painting clubs and things like that. But they are not all well-educated and well-mannered. And what I did notice that from the year, uh, two, year 2000, when I arrived, the situation has uh, 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 evolved a lot. Uh, we are much more people crossing the borders, we are much more people living all together, and I think so, some infrastructure or some organization in administration have not f followed uh, the movement. And justice is, was very uh, exemplary in Luxembourg when I did arrive. You could let your door open, even the car open, 
nothing happened. And if you lose your wallet on the street, someone was uh, uh, bringing you back, back in the same day. That's not exactly the same situation we are living to, uh, nowadays. I'm not criticizing. I'm not here to take revenge on someone or something or an administration. I'm just claiming as a citizen living in Luxembourg that things happen and the state has the monopoly on justice and on public violence. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. you are lucky because you do speak the languages. I can tell already you have French in your yeah, yeah. in your, uh, your vast array of languages and also you mentioned Luxembourgish. So you knew, and you've lived here since 2000, where to go. If somebody else um, suffers some form of racism in the workplace or on the street or wherever, what do they do? Where do they go? That's a difficult uh, uh, subject, uh, you know. The state does organize a lot of things. You have a lot of associations. I think uh, you have one of the guests that will answer better than me to that question. And I, I think when you, you, you are on the... You know, that's always a, a question of perspective. Uh, the step of time is very short. Uh, and, and that's a discharge of uh, the people in charge. Uh, politics or administrations that it was that fast uh, we have uh, almost more than doubled up uh, the number of tra uh, cross borders uh, in the, the last decade uh, we have a lot of people moving here and living uh, it's very din dynamic and I know when you have such uh, dynamism it's very difficult for them to, 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 to keep the pace yeah to keep the pace and mm -hmm. I don't have real solution excepting telling if we let uh, unpunished uh, crime, you know, there are some thresholds. I'm not someone who complains, you know. You, you have a stereotype things that is not racism. People have this kind of reflex. They see uh, these eyes, Asian eyes, they start to, to, to switch in English directly. That's nothing racist. That's just convenient. That's symbols we have in life to, to live uh, uh, all together. And sometimes you are just wrong and you are just to open with a smile the dialogue and people understand directly that you can speak other languages, that you are integrated here. And for that, there is really no problem. But at some step, people overpass uh, the thresholds or the limits. And I think when you, you, you are uh, aggressed uh, physically, someone destroys your car because he is drunk on the traffic, There is an issue. Uh, a but that wasn't. If you if you don't mind, I know that you went through a very tough medical yeah. experience, mm. and even when you were in hospital by a care worker, yeah, you suffered terrible racism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I will not go to the uh, deep story, but uh, during the pandemics in October twenty Uh, I, 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 it was very difficult because of the medical protocol to find a doctor or to find an hospital that does welcome you, take you in charge. And uh, first, when I step in the hospital to the emergency, I was refused. And it's after five days with a, a severe infection of the lungs, uh, with 40 degrees, uh, uh, five nights, five uh, days, that, that my wife pushed me and rescued my life by pushing me in ambulance. I a was admitted. Ambulance. Yeah, I I, I was admitted uh, to the hospital, a and finally I, I you know I was six of tension on that time, one hundred sixty heart beating. It was very harsh moment, and uh, I was not taking taken in charge for the next hours. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but it was at least five hours when I didn't got even uh, a Baxter or something like that, and. I remember in my uh, confusion and someone came close to me and, and just told me that that shit is coming out of your country. But I'm Luxembourgish, you know, I'm not in even uh, if I was Chinese or if I was uh, from Asia. That's so not, that's th not this normal. This person who was actually a nurse. Yeah, but I cannot identify that person, you no, know, on course. that time it was a mask. But, but e yeah, but even so she said to you that she thought you had COVID, which actually you didn't. You, you got COVID whilst in the hospital, in fact, but, but you were mm. there for a different reason and she was effectively blaming you yeah. as a nurse. That's a yeah, that's, that, that's unacceptable. That's and that's not, you know, this kind of stories, I could get uh, 10 instances if you want. Yeah. But 
that's not the purpose. I, the I purpose of yeah. being here is for you to yeah. just shine a light on the fact that daily racism happens still in a place that we don't see it. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, we have a financial uh, uh, center. We spread a good image abroad. And it's perfect. It's the platform for which Luxembourg has uh, worked a lot. That that much people are relocating or cross-boarding for building that platform. But I wish that it is not just the only economical uh, uh, construction we, we do, but culturally, it's very active. We have a, a, a lot of wealth coming from everywhere, and not only in terms of material wealth. Uh, there is a lot of cultural exchanges, values, and things to offer. And we do really have a nice uh, a country for that. It, it's just sometimes that a minority of bad people are misbehaving. And I think it's very important that the system or the justice could defend uh, uh, the community and the common interest against those bad people. Damien, I'm mm. so grateful that you reached out to me and were brave enough and strong enough to tell that story, even though I know that you're still suffering because you were not accepted to hospital early enough um, in 2020 and uh, you have ongoing medical health issues as a result of that. You are a great person, a great speaker, and hopefully other listeners will reach out and uh, and just combine to help improve the situation in Luxembourg so that we can obviously try to reduce racism because it yeah. it shouldn't exist in society. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Lisa. And I want just to push uh, uh, the information that I'm alive. People at the hospital took care of me. It was just one stupid guy or stupid person who came to say those words to me. And that's it. Uh, the community is great in Luxembourg. I, 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 I want to be positive and I don't want to divide people. No. Uh, we are on the same boat and we need to live all together. And I hope it will be just not sharing or co-flatting or something like that or just resources, but just uh, living harmoniously, culturally and, and sharing what we have to, to, to bring to, to the community. Thank you so much, Damien. And after this short break, we will actually follow up with a, a not uh, unconnected story with Erin. Thank you. The Lisa Burke Show. Thank you, Damien. And now to introduce Erin Zander, who's the founder and president of Sportunity, which is a, a wonderful charity uh, focused on fostering the integration of refugees in Luxembourg society through sport. Um, and you yourself, Erin, you have a full daytime job, a partner in an international management consulting firm and independent board member in the asset management industry. But in your free time, <laughs> you have created Sportunity. You're the president of Sportunity non-for-profit organization that you founded in Luxembourg 10 years ago. So tell us, tell us all about Sportunity. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Thank you, Lisa, for having me. And it was really sad to hear this story of Dabian, but um, it was also reassuring somehow that you left it like, you know, finished it on a positive note. And there I would like to pick up and probably think um, and discuss about how we can actually find the, the way out of that situation. And I actually think that one of the reasons why we might have those misunderstandings um, within the multicultural society of Luxembourg is that we are we're living together, we're living close, but we are not close enough. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm personally a big believer in um, the power of bringing people together. And essentially, that's all what opportunity is about. And we are active in the area of sports. That means that um, we essentially organize sports activities for refugees. So there are weekly trainings in um, football, in yoga, in you name it, in the mountain biking, cardio boxing. We used to have lots of karate trainings um, on a weekly basis. So on one side, we create in this safe space and a way to work on your physical and mental fit for people who are in really challenging circumstances. And it also helps to have sport as that uh, common language because they may not literally be able to have a common language. Absolutely. And that's actually one of the easiest activities where you can engage when you're when you're really 
new to the country. You don't know how the country works. You don't know anyone. But you know you can go outside and um, play Play and be, be a game. team, yeah. be in a team, or even if you want to do something on your own, like you mentioned yoga, you can do something on your own, but within a group. So you don't feel so isolated and so lonely, which I can only just imagine these refugees uh, feel. And uh, you you really care about the collaboration as well in this sector. That, that's the point. I think the, um, the, the sport by itself is super important, but... Once this is only the sports that or sports activities that are cater, catering to refugees only, we're still left with the case of isolation. We're still left with the case of stigmatization, if, if, if I may. So what we're trying to do and progressively more and more is actually bringing people of various backgrounds together. And as such, um, a lot of um, activities over the past years have been around bring refugees and locals together. So we know that you know there is a lot of discourse about let's do something for refugees, let's do something um, during the charity day in our company once a year. Well, the point is you don't really uh, say to a person you love, I love you once a year, right? It's There is a continuity and a consistency that we have to have in those activities. So what we're doing um, in Luxembourg, across various uh, locations within this uh, beautiful uh, country that I call my home, um, we uh, organize, for instance, integration hikes, right, where a group of newcomers are joined by a group of um, passionate volunteers who want to dedicate some time, want to share their view, their hints, tips on Luxembourg with those who are new, completely lost, and maybe through those um, pleasant walks and discoveries of, uh, of Luxembourg's nature and culture, There could be some nice stories and nice friendships that that could be born. Yeah, lovely bonds, and and it's a it's a, a two way flow because of course we learn from other people. So even if a person feels confident here, we can all remember. I mean, I'm looking around, and I think Giacomo, you may have grown up here, but your family heritage is from somewhere else. Uh, I mean, I came I came in 2008. Actually, I'm I'm half German and half Croatian, um, but. Uh, Yeah, since like 15, half of my life. So all of us here have come from somewhere else, just as an example, you know, and uh, so everybody is bringing to Luxembourg uh, in, in this community, in this little room, but it's very representative of Luxembourg. We are bringing all of our backgrounds. And I'm thinking, you know, when you mentioned the refugees, I know there's a lot of food collaborations as well, and they share food stories. And that's another way, like sport, where you can do something together without needing full language and, and share something very special together. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I think that actual collaboration should go beyond the level of just individuals. That's even more important when we start talking about collaborations between different actors within the country, public sector that might have the finance, but not necessarily the ways, the efficient ways to employ them. Uh, the corporate sector that definitely has some need and some social responsibility that is growing more and more. Yeah. But again, not necessarily the ways to actually how do you connect with the, with the local community. So um, and one of the most um, typical or maybe easiest collaborations we can think of for our organization, obviously that's with these local sports actors that again, they have, they're well established in the, uh, in the sports ecosystem. They have very strong you know, community feeling But um, sometimes the refugees who are willing to do sports, who are willing to be part of the local community, of the local group, they're missing that, that link. And we are super happy to provide that. Mm -hmm. I maybe can give you know one of the most recent examples, which, which I think is, is a great example of that collaboration coming together. There is a um, local um, a sports club in Luxembourg, CSL, who decided to mobilize their members uh, during the ING Marathon to collect the donations from the chips of the runners. So, the, you know, once they finish running and, and ready to go home, and those little five euro donations put to, were basically collected on the night of the marathon. And I'm very happy that within a very short production time of just two months, we'll be um, launching a um, summer camp, a talent track camp for refugee children in Luxembourg, For the summer holidays, you for the yeah for eight to fourteen year olds, four weeks of entertainment around intensive sport, culture, artistic discoveries. I mean, it sounds great. Well, exactly. Only only refugees can join. That's like, <laughs> I'd like, like to join. Yeah. We we are actually looking for volunteers. So if you want to come and join and and you know and be 
be a volunteer and be a, another pair of eyes and a pair of ex, you know an, an experience of discovering Luxembourg for the for the kids and their parents. You're very welcome. So we'll so, put all of the details to that. Absolutely, we we actually open. So indeed, we organize in a few museums visits. So the idea is to to show what Luxembourg is all about on the level of culture, history, beautiful nature, sports, obviously, because that's where, where we all start. We need to work a little bit on the, you know, keeping the kids active during the summer season. Because But, that also helps their mental health. Absolutely. And parents' health. Yeah, health everybody's, well. everybody's health yeah. <laughs> in every way. And to get outside in nature is just such a, a natural remedy as well. Yeah. And I'm really also looking forward to add just a little bit of maybe even like elements of professional orientation around. We're actually very privileged to have already obtained the agreement to bring the kids group here in, in RTL. Oh. And thanks everyone for, you know, who have uh, helped us to do that. Well, maybe we'll have to have them on the show. With <laughs> Why you. not? Why, Why not? Yes, we yeah. can have them on and they can give us a little reflection from their point of view. We, we will have to think about this. Oh, I think we can manage that, Erin. That's it's definitely great. a highlight of our program. Well, it sounds like we'll hear more from you very soon. Thank you so much, Erin. And thank you for that wonderful work that you're doing here in Luxembourg. And that was a call out for anybody who wants to help Erin. Uh, you know where to get in touch. We'll have uh, all of the details on the show notes. And after this break, I'll talk to Giacomo. The Lisa Burke Show. So Giacomo Trents is co-founder and general manager at Arca Properties. Now you come from a very entrepreneurial family uh, who own Bosso, a restaurant uh, located in the old town of Luxembourg in the Grund, a beautiful, beautiful restaurant there. And in 2018, I mean, you look incredibly young, <laughs> you already founded Drink and Joy, which is uh, a fast-moving consumer goods venture. Uh, and then you've already from that opened a snack production site in Croatia. You own six industrial design patents across 70 countries. And now this, Arca Properties, is about real estate and hospitality. And I've looked at the numbers. I looked at the pitch presentation. It's it's very, very impressive indeed. I think here you started with 200 euros in 2019. Interesting story. And the revenue in 2022 was 2.37 million. That's quite the growth. That's, uh, yeah, this is how we how we started. I mean, um, I actually had a presentation yesterday at a at a school, no, on, on Wednesday, and And there was like explaining kids what it means to be an entrepreneur. And they will start next year um, with, uh, I mean, they have to launch their own company. It's like a theoretical company that they have to launch. This is at school in Luxembourg? Yes. I mean, like they call it like mini entreprise or like uh, oh, where, they, where they actually launch like their own projects. And then they get, they get a 200 euro funding. And when I was explaining my story, I realized that actually, hey guys, look, we started the same So you're telling Just them, like, okay, I started with 200 euros and then a couple of years so, later, 2.37 million. <laughs> the moment the moment I, I said that, I just saw their eyes like, just like they were like blown away kind of. And our story is really, um, I mean, we we just, we started in a very, very lean way, right? As an entrepreneur, like you want to obviously create a product and you need to, there are different stories and like how you can make a product successful or your company successful. And I wouldn't recommend if you have capital to spend or like budget to use. I mean, 200 euros is not the the the, the smoothest or like a, the, the fastest, but but it kind of like forces us to be uh, to grow very healthy. So um, because then you need to uh, use your resources differently, and then in this way you actually become more efficient. profitable. Exactly, <laughs> very efficient, lean and efficient. Yeah. So tell us what Arca Properties does then. Yeah, I mean, at the end, like um, what I loved about the stories that uh, Damian and Aaron was, uh, they were sharing today, everybody wants to feel, everybody wants to feel welcomed. And we all came here at one point to Luxembourg. Uh, I mean, different stories, different backgrounds and contacts. contacts but um, but eventually we we all need a place to stay, right? So when you, when you move to Luxembourg, um, and most of the time it's for a professional reason, right? So you want to start your a better life you want to, you have an opportunity to start a new career and uh, you need to relocate either individually or with your family and then the, the next problem that comes uh, comes along is that well you need to live somewhere right and luxembourg is a very competitive housing market and um, so what is very challenging to uh, find is actually a, a suitable housing solution and oftentimes you don't find them right away or even if you sign a, a leasing contract you you need to wait a little bit until you actually can move in mm -hmm. So what are you going to do 
for the next two, three weeks, one, two months until you actually find your home. And that was an, that's a problem that is on an individual level, but oftentimes on a corporate level, because what companies now face as a challenge is that they need to bring talents to Luxembourg. And these talents, they only move, right, if they feel safe and if they have a place to stay. And so what we do is we work a lot with companies together and then HR departments, procurement departments to uh, facilitate or help them actually uh, find housing for their workers on a uh, short term. Uh, and basis. it's furnished. It's ready to move into. I've, I've looked Probably at the pictures. Ready. They look yeah. great. So effectively service departments. And I know that uh, if I'm allowed to say it, one of your big clients begins with an A. We all know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're one of the biggest. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you have very like we work with very, very sizes of clients. So we have um, obviously the very big companies. I mean, um, I can name a few, but uh, in general, like what we want to what we want to accomplish uh, is um, there's a limit to our capacity, right? So we are like, we want to grow. Like we are actually, I just signed yesterday five, five new units. And, and yeah, and grow globally. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You so. have, you have high ambitions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I mean, the idea is not a new idea, but it works perfectly for a market like Luxembourg, where, as you said, we know it, the housing market is very tricky. And actually, I also know from having spoken to different businesses that one of the biggest blocks for them to really attract people talent to Luxembourg is the fact that they don't find somewhere to live. They they think, why should I move to Luxembourg where I can, you know, work here remotely and it's much cheaper and actually, you know, wage for wage, I, I get more for my money in this other country. So it's it's a big problem. So it's very, very important that they can feel, like you said, at home somewhere. So where did the idea come from? I mean, the original idea, we wanted to optimize housing and fill vacancies. So vacancy is another problem, right? You have a few problem in the real estate, problems in the real estate industry. And it's often as well talked about that well, wait, there is, there are apartments available, but they're just like left empty, right? And there are a few reasons you need to wait for an authorization to build actually. So you prefer to keep it empty um, or you don't want to actually rent it out for other, like you just want to like sell it after two years. So you prefer to, just leave. there are like a various stories on why this is empty. And the initial idea was really to... Yeah, just pausing on that. People previous to this year were buying places to just hold it for a couple of years because the the, the rate of increase had been quite spectacular. I mean, one of the projects that we onboarded two years ago was exactly a house which was just empty for one year, was non-furnished. And that was the first time we introduced our furnishing solution. So we actually also, we fully equip apartments. So we totally... I mean, we don't renovate them. We just like really bring in the interior design team and we, we furnish them from A to Z. Um, but definitely, it's a, it's a big, big issue. Um, I mean, it's not, it's an issue that we can use to actually provide a solution to an owner, right? Yeah. So, um, and that was our initial idea, just to kind of like fill those vacancy gaps. And then we realized the moment we launched on the market is that this really, this corporate need is there. And uh, we can work with big firms together and really like provide them a solution and the bigger the the problem you solve, the more people are willing to pay for it. So that's a good, it's a good um, initiative from our side where we can really work hand in hand as well with companies together. How yeah. big is your team now? Oh, we're growing like we are hiring free people right now. So I think we will soon reach the 20, 20, 20 size team. Yeah. And you are moving around the world. I've seen the dots around the world. Right. So you've got a, I know you've already got a, you know, you, you've mentioned your family history as well. So you have a Croatia on the map. Uh, Croatia, Croatia is just for, for pleasure. <laughs> so, <laughs> and waves. Uh, Where do you go for the waves? Oh, the Big wa- surfing life. The the waves would be more in Portugal, here in Europe at least. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> I mean, I would, I would love to have some waves in Luxembourg, but unfortunately... No, no, we don't have any of those. Ra- <laughs> Not many. Um, now, just thinking about you in general, I mean, you have got an entrepreneurial family background. So did you ever envisage yourself working inside a company, not being an entrepreneur? I mean, fun fact, I actually never worked inside of a I know, I've looked at your CV and I was thinking, have you? And on the CV I've seen, you have never actually worked inside a company. But I mean, did it ever cross your mind that you would never do that? Um, sometimes I, uh, obviously what would, working in a different company allows you to just gain experience, right? And kind of when you build your own company, you inspire yourselves from existing stories, right? But since you have never seen an existing story from inside. You then, can create your own also, but sometimes it's good to actually get inspired, right? So what most people do, like why they go to the big fours and the others, like they want to, 
they want to have that as a as a learning curve, right? So my learning curve is more like a freestyle. Let's let's just build a company, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, let's just do that then. <laughs> so, but what I do is obviously I have a lot of friends that work in big firms, and so I inspire myself. You know, even I haven't worked in a firm, I still get the the, the golden nuggets that I need in order to uh, inspire myself on how how you actually uh, you have a good network. So, so but. Um, no, so, I mean, I don't plan on working on company. No, I don't That's think you'd question. go back. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you wrote to me as well that you're into biohacking. Yes. So, I mean, biohacking for me, um, well, the topic today at the show is with Sasha, right? And the, it's very, and, very, um, very important nowadays. Yeah. People are more and more into it. Totally. I mean, at the end of the day, we um, we need to, we want to feel alive. We want to feel good. And, 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 and biohacking for me, it's more like I like to be, I like to break my limits. So in a sense of how can I become more efficient or like more more better, uh, feeling better, but also like how can I create more outcomes? So for me, it's a lot about like creating more output. And um, and for example, I mean, I cannot endorse products here, I guess, but what I drink here is like kind of my morning shake. Oh, what's in um, your morning shake? It looks green from what I Yeah, get. it's like a blend of vitamin and minerals. And uh, um, I mean, I, I I like to drink, this is Athletic Greens. I mean, I don't know if there's a product endorsement. Oh, here, we but, know. So you, you live, listen to Tim Ferriss. Of course. Of course yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I ask a very ignorant question. What is biohacking? Trying to live a, a long, well, it's not longevity, but it means like using um, what you're eating or sleeping or fasting or exercise to to be your best self. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So uh, thank you. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> not. It doesn't say much about me if I don't even know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you are the picture of glowing health. You live in a fabulous home with animals all around you and orchards and things. So you're, you're just a living example of biohacking at its best. But it's, it's a thing right now. And uh, so is the longevity uh, curve thing. So do you do the intermittent fasting and all of this too? Um, yes, you do. Yeah, I can tell. I, I, I can tell by the lack of answer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but does it make a difference? I mean, do you feel that having a focus on all of this? It, oh, right. Okay. 100%. So tell us what you do then. We all want I, to know. I can. I can highly recommend. I mean, I just so far all of the books that I read is always about personal development, like um, things that I watch online. It's like uh, you are um, a born entrepreneur, aren't so. you? Yeah, clearly, clearly, clearly. Thank you. So your next so. business is going to be in some form of vitamin thing or something to do with health. Well, I like at this, I think it's more like a personal journey. But if I make a, I'm a businessman. So if, if a business opportunity comes along, why not? But currently I'm very focused on just one path uh, business wise. And then the rest I just do for myself. Yeah. Never give us the tips. We're, we're waiting for the final few minutes. Tell us what we should do. Um, so what I can definitely recommend is sleep very well. So sleep is underrated, uh, what I would say. So oftentimes people are like, yeah. I mean, last time I had a conversation with my mom, she tells me like, yeah, I sleep five hours a day. I'm like, mom, you should definitely sleep a little bit more you know like I fully agree having spent a lot of my life doing early shifts and I know poor Sasha is still on early shifts now sleep is so important and it really helps your immunity totally and everything is yeah fully endorse sleep totally um I mean I go I like to we had a thing with our team we we created like an ice bath oh yes so that's oh amazing. yes <laughs> <laughs> that's also good for your immunity so tick <laughs> So the fun, the fun, the fun part is that when you come to in, to my apartment, I have a freezer box in my living room, which I transformed into an ice bath. So it's more like a. So I go. I like to. I mean, it was before in the basement, but we had to change, and then like I had to put it somewhere. So I was like, well, well, now it's in my living room. So last time I had a, I had a call in front of me and took a photo. And I was like, oh man, this looks a little weird that the freezer's in the corner. People think, what do I store there inside, like in the middle of my room? Please. So. So generally, I, I like to um, really, it's all about putting your body into kind of extreme states. So by going to sauna or ice bath, what happens is that you really go into that emergency mode. And it's more about survival mode. So if you don't eat, right? a friend of mine, he does a fasting, I think once a month where he doesn't eat for one entire day. And it's just about like cleaning or cleansing yourself. And that's... Yeah. I wish I could do it. I yeah. <laughs> I find it very difficult. Yes, I mean, you've done the ice bath, Lisa. I've done the ice we've had, she, I, we've it, have evidence. He does it regularly. He does it regularly. I know. I was thinking, you I'm know, sure you, the first time is the hardest. 
Oh, the first time is definitely the hardest. Like yeah. <laughs> you, go, you go in and you just want to run outside. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I have done that. Yeah, no, no, it's, and I understand it's very, very good it's, for you. It's really related with your well, your subject about uh, uh, overconsumption of sugar. Um, yes, yes. Sugar is really a cancer generator because normally your body has all its immune defense to, to phagocyte itself, the weak cells. And if you eat too often... Exactly. You don't activate the autophagotization, uh, and then your, your bad cells survive. It's like putting them under Baxter with sugar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think they're finding out more and more about the, the biology inside us right now yeah. and how we can find that immunity within inside ourselves, which is effectively uh, a number of the things you're pointing to there. Well, my goodness, there we go. So apart from being a brilliant entrepreneur and starting from 200 to 2.x million euros in a couple of years, you are also uh, regenerating yourself. Thank you so much. We will add all of the information about our properties. Thank you so much to all of my guests. And please be in touch about any of these topics and hope you're continuing to enjoy a beautiful summer. RTL Original Podcast.